0: This is an immersive museum exhibition audio tour, a tour of some of the city's cultural institutions. My partner Nikki and I think it is important to experience some of the best cultural museums that NYC has to offer. There are so many exhibitions out in the city that can further your knowledge and understanding of different communities and history of the culture that you're surrounded by when entering New York museums in NYC. They span multiple neighborhoods and boroughs, each having its own specialty ranging from Asian, Black, Hispanic, and Jewish art, to photography, to natural history, contemporary sociocultural movements, and of course, foundational history. The tour will cover points of interest and tools necessary to visit these museums. Some of these include admission fees, exhibition layouts, and gift shops. Visiting a wide range of museums and exhibitions is a great way to build connections between yourself and fellow classmates who have the similar inspirations and interests to you. There are so many ways to immerse yourself in exhibition spaces in order to take in art and culture in new platforms you may be unfamiliar with. What better way to find your fit in the new school? Through an auditory piece based on museum spaces and the impact they hold in creative pathways, it will help immersing first-years think of the diverse methods that there are at one's disposal for processing and experiencing art. Now, moving on to the new museum. The new museum is located at 235 Bowery. Similar to MoMA, the new museum requires mass and cannot accommodate visitors without mass at this time. You are able to buy a time ticket every half hour between 11 and 5 p.m. Students pay $12, regular adult patrons pay $18, and individuals 18 and under go free. The cafe is closed currently and public water fountains are not in use. Also, the museum currently isn't accommodating visitors with bags or items larger than 16 by 14 by 6 inches, as coat check remains closed. They suggest you leave all larger items at home. Some points of information is that Tucker, the founder of the museum, founded the museum on January 1st, 1977. It was the first museum devoted to contemporary art established in New York City since the Second World War. On December 1st, 2007, the new museum reopened at 235 Bowery with facilities including a theater, five floors of gallery spaces, and a distinctive sky room with panoramic views of Lower Manhattan. An interesting exhibit on view at the new museum is called This and the Sun. This and the Sun is a collaborative exhibition by artists Miriam Hosseini, Rindon Johnson, and Jordan Strafer, created specifically for the new museum's lobby gallery. As a starting point for their collaboration, the artists co-wrote a text reflecting on ideas of interrelation and the changeable qualities of time, told from the perspective of a collective we the artist write how is time altered on the way down are we free as we are are we in any degree bound by our appetites are we at all in bondage to the opinion of our neighbors to the customs and notions of the society however harmful or absurd can we see things as they are as they should be no ground here we got altered on the way down one broken horizon zero binary reversal do we tell stories as they are or as they should be why the same over and over again and the artist close inspired by the view through the lobby gallery skylights the artists have designed a computer program that performs a prediction constructing an ongoing speculative, simulation of the sky overhead as it maneuvers between day and night. As with the title of the exhibition, the artists consider ideas of perspective and representation, probing the desire to control, frame, and capture. In addition to the projection, the exhibition includes new paintings by Hossini, stone furniture by Johnson, and a video by Strafer all of which were created specifically for this presentation.
1: Next up is the MoMA. For the most current updates on exhibitions and events at the MoMA, you can visit the MoMA's website. It is currently open at full capacity, but for everyone's health and safety, they require masks indoors at all times, and time tickets are needed at entry. The entrance is at the Rockefeller Building on 53rd Street, and you should arrive within 30 minutes of your time window. Currently, check rooms for bags, coats, and large items like scooters and skateboards are closed due to COVID-19, and it's suggested that all large bags are left at home. Tickets are available online from 10.30 to 4.30, as well as at the desk up front. They range from $25 for adults, $18 for seniors and visitors with disability, $14 for students, and free for children under 16. Also, as a new school student, The MoMA is free for your first visit. The sculpture garden at the MoMA was planned in just one night. The current space is dedicated to Abby Aldrich Rockefeller. It was initially designed in 1953 and is now the heart of the museum. The MoMA expanded to include six collections in their departments, paintings and sculptures, architecture and design, film and media, photography, prints and illustrated books, and drawings. The MoMA was the first museum to create architecture, film, and design, and photography departments in their departments.
0: There are a couple of awesome seasonal galleries and exhibits currently displayed at the MoMA. One is titled Foto Clavissimo, available until September 26th. Foto Clavissimo explores the creative achievements of Sao Paulo's Fotocine Club, a group around 1946 to 1964 of amateur photographers whose ambitious and innovative works embodied the abundant originality of post-war Brazilian culture. It is a very interesting exhibit and the first of its kind. In fact, this is the first museum exhibition to present this fascinating moment in photography's history to audiences outside of Brazil. Photography was a hobby for most Fotoclawisimo members. On weekdays, group members, many of whom were women, went to their jobs as businessmen, accountants, journalists, engineers, biologists, and bankers. On weekends, though, they often traveled to photography spots to take photos together. They were nonetheless quite serious about their artistic ambition, not unlike millions of people on Instagram today. Their pictures depicted a wide range of subjects. More than 60 photographs drawn almost exclusively from MoMA's collection demonstrate the group's extraordinary range. Their absence from international histories of the medium provide a valuable opportunity to reflect on the biases that led to these exclusions and invite us to reflect on the status of the amateur today.
1: Another piece that you can go see in the MoMA is Faith Ringgold's American People series number 20, Die, painted in 1967. Ringgold was born in Harlem and educated mostly at home due to asthma, which gave her the freedom to explore her possibilities. She became fascinated with the ability to document time, place, and cultural identity of an artist through art. She often thought how she, as an African-American woman artist, Would go about documenting what's happening around her. Ringgold wanted to give physical evidence of what was happening on the streets that wasn't on the news. She was not encouraged to paint white people which she often liked to do. This was because since white people were considered superior and if you were black and painted white people in a way that categorized them you would be harshly criticized for causing trouble but she enjoyed painting them how she saw them anyways. Ringgold struggled as a black woman artist to be seen through the civil rights movements and women's rights movements of the 1960s to 1970s. Ringgold's collection of the American People series documents race relations in the United States during that time. Number 20, Die, is a mural piece that concludes the entire series and evokes the riots which erupted around the country at that time. The canvas displays blood splatters across the interracial group of adults and children presenting the fact that no one is free from this struggle. The patrons are dressed in business attire, symbolizing the heavy influence the well-off professional class had in this chaos that had risen. also showing how spontaneous street riots can happen anywhere and anytime. Dice scale, composition, and abstract background refer to Picasso's Guernica. A painting Ringold wood, look for when going to the museum. Ringgold states that she was terrified because she saw die as a prophecy of our times, something that continuously repeats itself while becoming more profound. Showing the children grasping each other in the center of the oil painting shows the form of the fear of the future.
0: For those who cannot visit MoMA in person, and wish to experience MoMA virtually, the museum has an online film gallery called Virtual Cinema. Experience the world's best films, dive into the history of cinema, and discover the next great director, all with Virtual Cinema. Their curators handpick films from different collections, the latest new releases and festivals around the world, so you can stream without endlessly searching and scrolling. One of these series is from John Ford. It's titled John Ford Rarities. It is from the MoMA archive available from September 16th to September 30th, 2021. Among the many unique nitrate prints rescued by MoMA from the 20th Century Fox Studios in the 1970s were several major works by Fox's most prominent director, John Ford. This virtual program highlights two recent restorations, the Brat, which is a pointed social comedy from 1931, and Pilgrimage, a devastating anti-war drama first released in 1933, neither of which are currently available on cable or home video.
1: The Whitney. The entrance to the Whitney is at 99 Ganswort Street in Chelsea. There are enhanced precautions at the Whitney which aim to keep everyone safe. You can prepare for your next visit by reading updated guidelines on their website to make sure your visit is as safe and stress-free as possible. Currently, their bag check is not available, so please leave any heavy bags or coats at home unless you want to carry them around the museum. Face coverings are required even if you are vaccinated. If you're under 18, you may get in for free. Students, seniors, and visitors with disability pay 18, and adults pay 25. On Fridays, From 7 to 10 p.m., the museum admission is pay as you wish. All visitors and members must book time tickets in advance to reserve their spot, though. In 1914, Mrs. Whitney established the Whitney Studio in Greenwich Village, where she presented exhibitions by living American artists whose work had been disregarded by the traditional academies. She had assembled a collection of more than 500 pieces by 1929. Most people don't know the Whitney Museum was born out of rejection. Founder Gertrude Vanderbilt Whitney was inspired to create the institution after the Met refused to gift of nearly 700 works she attempted to donate. Trigger Warning, Discrimination and Violence Against Black Americans Nick Cave, Dress Up and Make Noise Born in 1959, Cave is inspired by African art traditions, ceremonial dress, armor, design textiles, haute couture fashion, and stereotypical feminine items. The first sound suit was made as a demonstration against the brutal beating of Rodney King. Cave began to think about the role of identity being racially profiled and feeling devalued, less than, and diminished as an inspiration for his art. These sound suits are a blend of color, noise, and texture, which aimed to convey real life risks of vulnerability and consequences by changing the experience and environment. Cave pierced tiny holes at the base of each part and joined the twigs together with a wire. And just like that, the first soundsuit sculpture was created. Nick Cave has made over 500 soundsuits sculptures since the creation in 1992. The Whitney houses the number 20. The black suit at the Whitney which began from simple materials found from thrift stores, flea markets, and freely throughout the country, are made without premeditative thought on materials. But, when Cave finds these materials, sisal, dyed human hair, and wire, adorned with plastic buttons, feathers, beads, and sequins, are put to use thoughtfully, with consideration on what part of the body the material should sit. The sound suits are then generated and sometimes sit extremely fragile, although there are many that also have been designed that are wearable. When the moving components make the sounds of clacking, whooshing and rustling about, this is when the performances are in peak. The suits were created as a second skin to seal off identity, a way to protect the wearer against discriminations of race, gender and class that influence the audience to watch without judgment Performers are allowed to move without the inhibition presented in society while in the body of a targeted identity. Still, sculptures sit, but there are live performances, photography and videos as well. Cave Pieces works to confront the preconceived notions on how art must be shared and that it shouldn't be interacted with. To do so, he often performs in the costumes himself, dancing on video or to live audiences.
0: Moving on to the Metropolitan Museum. The Metropolitan is located at Fifth Ave. There is an education entrance to the left of the building and it is far less hectic than the entrance at the top of the stairs. Tickets range from $25 for adults, 17 for seniors and $12 for general students and suggestive admission for New York, New Jersey and Connecticut students. Coat check is currently closed and no large bags are allowed in the museum at this time. Because guided tours are currently not available, the Metropolitan offers guided audio tours that you can stream and download on your personal devices. In addition to this, an immersive guided phone tour is available for the Alice Neal People Come First exhibition. Also, there is a 10% discount at all public restaurants at the Met Fifth Ave and the Met Cloisters for all patrons. The Met is the proud home to the world's oldest surviving piano. Another fun fact, the Department of Greek and Roman Art began with a Roman sarcophagus when the museum first opened to more than 17,000 objects. The Met is also one of the largest museums in the world and houses much more than just art. It contains paintings, musical instruments, weapons, historical objects, clothing, Egyptian art, and sculptures. For those interested in female empowerment-related exhibitions at the Met, the new Woman Behind the Camera is available until October third, 2021. Inspired by the global phenomenon of the new woman, the exhibition seeks to reevaluate the history of photography and advance new and more inclusive conversations on the contributions of female photographers. The exhibition is the first to take an international approach to the subject, highlighting female photographers' innovative work in studio portraiture, fashion and advertising, artistic experimentation street photography, ethnography, and photojournalism. The new woman of the 1920s was a powerful expression of modernity, a global phenomenon that embodied an ideal of female empowerment based on real women making revolutionary changes in life and art. Featuring more than 120 photographers from over 20 countries, this groundbreaking exhibition explores the work of the diverse new woman, who embraced photography as a mode of professional and artistic expression from the 1920s through the 1950s. During this tumultuous period, shaped by two world wars, women stood at the forefront of experimentation with the camera and produced invaluable visual testimony that reflects both their personal experiences and the extraordinary social and political transformations of the era.